Weather's good. We're feeling good. Let's start with more good. AJ Knight with you on VFX. Hope you're having a good Tuesday morning. And good is the fact that Utah is beautiful. And look, I know it's really easy to get complacent with the state we live in. And it's one of those things where it's like, that's my brother. I can make fun of him, but you can't. The second you say something about Utah, now we got a problem. But the, all 50 states are ranked in how beautiful they are. And to be a little cliche and a little bit a little bit uh, stereotypical, California, Hawaii, and Alaska were one, two, and three. And, you know, Hawaii, of course, Alaska, I've heard is absolutely gorgeous. The cruises there is are amazing. And California, it's the size of four states, so it's got a lot of ground to cover. And those beaches, I think they count for a lot. But coming in at number four is Utah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. And I got to be honest, it's something that I'm glad I read this because it, it reiterated again, that complacency. It's really easy, I feel like, cause especially I like to travel, right? But it's really easy to be like, oh, I live here, so I'll get to all those national parks, Zion, Angels Landing, all of that down and so at some point. And I haven't, and I need to. But meanwhile, I've been to Europe and I've been to Asia. See, I, I need to go see those places. But the thing is, even when I moved here, I knew it was going to be beautiful. I, one of the first things I was told, I had a coworker back home in Indiana who at one point did live in Utah. And I said, what can you tell me? And he said, it's, it's beautiful. It's one of the most geographically diverse states you will probably ever live in. And you've got the mountains here, which, look, they're by far and away my, my favorite part. And I love describing them to people because what inevitably happens, my buddy Jeff, who's come out here, both, my, both sets of parents have come out here, you say... To get into Cache Valley, of course, from Salt Lake, you're going to have to drive through the mountains. And I say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there, there's mountains east of the Mississippi. They're just not mountain mountains. They're like hill mountains. They're not super tall. There's some, but they're just not very big. And so they say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get to do this and drive right up through, you know, Sardine Canyon like that. And I've taken both. I took my mom out to Bear Lake. I took my dad out to Second Dam. So you get to see him over there as well. And they all say the same thing. Man, I, you know, I've seen mountains and I thought I knew what mountains looked like. But then you get up close to them like that, it's just breathtaking. And it is. You're not even counting uh, Bear Lake, of course, the Salt Lake, all the stuff down with the Red Rock Desert down in southern Utah. And so let us think about this nice weather as a reminder that spring is coming, summer is coming. And we're actually going to do some of those things that we keep saying we're going to do. For me, finally visit Southern Utah, see some of those national parks. And the fact Utah is beautiful and let us not take it for granted. Weather's getting nice. Keep the good news going. Good news, bad news, I'm not sure. I learned something yesterday I didn't know. Luckily, it wasn't one of those things I felt embarrassed about. However, it doesn't help that producer Butters is the one that told me and he was unsure about it himself. Old wives tale, I guess, when it comes to dead batteries, true or false. I think it's very good to have a way to express your frustration. Just ideally, maybe not when I'm around, if you're going to start throwing stuff. It's AJ Knight on VFX. So yesterday afternoon, producer Butters was in the studio and we were testing out. We were asked, he was asking me if there were some batteries in a mouse. He thought of asking me, are they dead or not? I said, I'm not, I don't know. I think so because we replaced the ones in my mouse. All of a sudden he starts taking them and just whacking them along the desk. And I'm like... Any particular reason you like decided to throw those batteries around? I don't think that's a good idea. And he said, no, 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 they bounce. What? Yeah, dead batteries bounce. Okay, are you like serious? Are you yanking my leg right now? Because no, no, I'm being legit. I, 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 I 
this one seems okay. Otherwise, I'd show you what I mean. And so I was like, okay. I have never heard that. Like, I had heard that you put the batteries in the freezer and they last longer. And I used to buy the super cheap batteries and stick them in the freezer and thought, I got this. This is going to make them last longer and they are still trash. So, of course, we go to the Google machine and it says, yeah, that batteries will bounce very high. It is a legit, I guess, old wives' tale. And, you know, it's one of those things that takes me back to, like, how did someone figure that out? Because there's a scientific explanation but how did that work its way down into, like, societal belief or findings out? Like, Producer Butters knows it, and he heard it from somewhere, but how did it disseminate in that way? Because to me, it's like the same way as, like, who was the first person to drink milk? Because we all know where milk comes from, right? And there's no way you can't convince me that everyone was like, yeah, that looks like a drink and whatever, but, like, why are you doing that? What what that poor animal leave it alone? Or who was the first person that saw a beehive and thought, look, they don't they don't have those little stingers in their butts. They're not floating around there unless they're really guarding something. I don't know what it is, but not only they're guarding them, it's I bet it's delicious. That's the only reason. Like that's what it makes you think. Like, how did they come up with that? But that's your old wives' tale today. And that one at least felt good because when I didn't know it, Producer Butters was like, uh, I'm not sure, and so I didn't get to feel stupid. Google helped figure that one out. But, yeah, batteries, you want to test them, bounce them on their butt ends, and if they bounce pretty high, they're dead. Huh. <laughs> Learn that. Can't shake the fact that I'm a fire hazard, which, honestly, bouncing batteries seems like not the way to go with that. But, you know, I, I can't fault the fact that if the story comes up enough times, it's hard to shake that. And now after after uh, the after show, one of them earlier this week, can't shake the fact that I'm maybe not the greatest of roommates. All that after Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow in about uh, six minutes on VFX. Sometimes it's hard to shake a reputation, a bad story. And after Friday on the after show, Utah's VFX on our social media, I think the reputation of bad roommate is back stuck on me. AJ Knight with you on VFX. It's Goals Gym Debate at 8. I think I'm a pretty good roommate, but it's been quite some time since I've been one. And we got in the after show and we were talking about people and stories and we got talking about bad roommates. And I was like, oh, no. Well, I mean, yeah, I've broken some of my roommate stuff, but it wasn't a big deal. One time I was (laughs) smoking hookah, which has the coals and stuff, right? And I bumped it and the coals fell. And so I'm like scrambling and clean it. And I'm, I'm like, I, I think I got it all. And I'm cleaning it up afterwards. And then like 30 seconds goes by and I still smell burning. I'm like, what is burning? I, I don't, what's going on? And I'm looking around the floor like, oh gosh, we're never going to get our deposit back. And I can't find it. And another 30 seconds goes by and it's still going on. For like four minutes, it sat there because I couldn't find it. It had bounced on the coffee table and rolled under his PS4 controller and oh. just melted it. It had just absolutely destroyed the backside of it. And I was like, hey, so hypothetically, how much is a PS4 <laughs> controller? Because I think I should buy you one. And he was like, what did you do? And I was like, oh, n- nothing. I just, I found it like this. Like, I just feel bad, so I should get you one. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. He was a good sport, but I felt terrible. Like, it was not, yeah. Ooh. See, now I feel bad because you're like that. I'm like, oh, well. Note to self, AJ, not good roommate. <laughs> I would. I paid for a new one. Oh, okay. Well, then I mean, you redeemed yourself. Yeah, that's redeemable. I did, I did break. You ever seen? Oh, no. I, he broke something else. I did. There was uh, a... 
So, not the only thing I broke. I broke a display of his falling lawn darts, lawn dart style into a speaker system of his and just shattering a display he had that just had, like, man collar beads and stuff on it. But now, see, that comes up, talk about in the after show, and my friends are going to see it, as you can, Utah's VFX. Irma jumped in on that, and, of course, Producer Butters on our social media. But people, my friends are going to see it, and it's going to be back to, oh, man, AJ's a huge fire hazard. Better watch out for him. And... I feel like that's not the case, but I can tell you another roommate story. We were we were slobs. Like, we had to clean dishes in bathtub multiple times because it was like, I'm not going to do it. Well, I'm not going to do it. And then it got so bad we had to do that. And so it's needless to say, stuff was sitting everywhere. And I went to make dinner one night, and I turned on the burner of the stove, and I hit the wrong switch. And the one I turned on had Tupperware sitting on it, and it just up in flames. And unfortunately, this is a tight, cramped apartment, so that meant that it was up in flames right next to the wall. So it, of course, destroyed the oven, destroyed the wall. They had to replace the wall. We had to paint it, whatever. They scraped all the stuff off of it. And since then, right, all these close calls, AJ, he's a flame. He's a flame issue. Watch out. He's a fire hazard. And that is the reputation I cannot shake. Property, I mean, I can't not say not property damage, but I just, no, like, it's ridiculous, and here we are again. My friends let me have it all weekend after the after show. You know, one of my favorites that exists in my family as well, he actually finally tried to address it. When I was in uh, my family on my mom's side up until COVID, did a family reunion once every two years, and when I was like 13-ish, we went out to San Diego with my Uncle Clyde. And one of the last days, we had this huge beach day with picnics, and we made homemade ice cream and all this stuff, and and we had jet skis. Well, they told you at the beginning, make sure to push the jet skis off the beach. My cousin Josh came in, didn't. My, my aunt was going to go, and she said, Josh, can you help me? And he said, no, no, it's fine. It's out far enough. And she went to turn it on and brrr, trashed it. Every family reunion, I'm 32 now, every family reunion since then, I was 13. Josh has heard about it. And finally, about eight years ago at one, when he was getting closer to his upper 30s, somebody said something about it because we were at a lake again. And he goes, all right, guys, that happened when I was like 16. Can we can we stop telling that story? But you can't. You can't shake those bad stories. Hopefully, he's never destroyed a jet ski with anybody else because Vinny, the family gets a hold of that. Oh, it's over. Jet ski Josh is coming to the party. Make sure you hide him. <laughs> now, none of these stories... Bad enough that you, I mean, it's funny and it can get annoying, but none of them bad enough to put you in jail. Imagine the stories that stick with you when you're the guy that gets hit in the face by the person you were trying to rob. That happened yesterday. Would you rather be pretty seriously confirmed as a DUI or the person who left catfish? Florida Not with H.A. Knight on VFX. Look, these stories don't make no sense, but that's how Florida Not works. The question is, which story is from Florida and which one is it? Because Florida is the home of the original dumb criminal. Like 90% of dumb criminal stories, they're probably from Florida. Story number one, a driver was arrested under suspicion of being drunk while operating his vehicle. And they were pretty suspicious of it because that SUV that person was driving hit a police car while they were out and about. Luckily, the driver and the police officer are totally fine but yeah, like basically homeboy put himself in the backseat immediately and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, he's drunk. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Story number two, a man was arrested for impersonating an FBI agent. He rolled up on a bike with blue and red lights to a house, asked the lady to produce 
legal documentation to say that she actually lives there. When she said, no, I'm going to call the cops, he took off on said bike, but left live catfishes behind. What? How? Like, homeboy, with, for number one, straight to the point. Number two, sounds like we got into a Mad Lib, and it was like, wait, are, did were the pages stuck together? Do we skip stories here? No, it's all the same story. They say the line between insanity and genius is a fine one. And I think I know which side of the line we are, but that feels like that describes story number two perfectly. Florida Not with AJ Knight on VFX. Two very dumb stories. One, immediately let it be known which way they needed to go. The other one, well, let you figure out for yourself as we get into these full stories. Police arrested a man suspected of drunk driving. And what they uh, suspected made him a drunk driver is the fact that in the middle of the night, well, it's like 930-ish over the weekend, state trooper pulled over a commercial vehicle, and then was struck from behind by an SUV. Person couldn't explain anything because they were hammered. That's the reason they hit the vehicle. Luckily, the driver and the police officer are totally fine, but that's just, I mean, basically, they're trying to get into the backseat as quickly as possible and say, hey, arrest me. Well, made that happen. Story number two. Lady was out in her front yard. Dude's. Wiggy, 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 rolled up on his bikes with flashing red and blue lights and said, I am a member of the FBI. I need you to show me ID right now that you actually legally live here. To which the lady was like, get off my yard. Go away. When that happened, he realized, ah, well, I'm going to get back on my bike. Squeak, squeak, squeak. But before he did, dropped several, several live catfish into their driveway for, quote, an unknown reason. Yeah, I would say so. Wait, like, how how did he have them? Was he intending to do that the whole time? Like, what? What? What was happening? What was happening? Why did he have light cat, live catfish? How did he keep them alive? How long did he have them for? Is there an aquarium strapped to his back that's not part of the story? Like, there's just so many random questions. So the answer is, do you want the direct approach or the one that feels like we filled out a Mad Lib and at some point you kind of went nuts and you're like, I zoned out. Can you reread page like four through eight back again to me? Because to me, in all honesty, there's no way you don't pick story number two because it's just absolutely nuts. I mean, one, you don't want it to happen, and it's kind of ironic, but it, you know, well, two is crazy. Luckily, if you're thinking that way for Florida, not. Correct. Because it did happen in Florida. Dude was arrested for uh, <laughs> impersonating an FBI, uh, driving, operating under the influence, and... Uh, well, I don't know that there was anything for the catfish, but there probably should be animal endangerment, some, something along those lines, just to make sure that that's tied and punish him for that in some way. Florida not on VFX. Okay. Our phones are essential, but they've also become like super replaceable. If you've traded them in, which it, it took me a while to get around to it, but if you traded them in, you've probably started not traded them. You've started to collect a bunch of them. So if you lost one, it really wouldn't make that big a difference. What happens when you find one 10 years later? More importantly, how do you lose it in the toilet and not like think or hear or remember that whatsoever? Everyone at some point has gone into a room, set their phone down to do something. They got asked to do an air, whatever it is, and forgotten it. But I would think if you heard a splash, would be kind of a big indicator as to what happened to your phone. Agent Adam VFX, a woman in Maryland, apparently was having toilet issues. And was plunging and plunging and plunging and plunging to pull up 
an iPhone, not just any iPhone, her iPhone, which has been gone for 10 years, count them, a decade. Now, it's said that it was lost on Halloween 10 years ago and she may have been out of her right mind, but still, like, can we just, let's solve two really quick, obvious points or ask two really quick, obvious questions. One, in this day and age, who goes to the bathroom and is not on their phone? Whether you're texting, whether you're scrolling through social media, watching videos, like, we're all doing it. Let's just acknowledge. And two, I just, again, look, I've spent plenty of time in not right mindsets. I don't think that I could lose my phone. Like, we're so attached to them. I think the swoosh would be a very big indicator as to huh? something has happened. How? And the phone actually, surprisingly, the pictures posted by this woman from Maryland is in surprisingly great shape. What it makes me think of is like the, I'm not saying our brains work at 100% all the time, but... Once upon a time, I was at an after-school program over the summer, and we were doing whatever, and we were at this old school. We had a playground or whatever, and it was hot one day, so they brought us in to watch a movie, so they put the projector up, they turned the lights off, and I felt something rolling around my mouth. No pain, no nothing, just rolling around. So, for whatever reason, I decided, rock, uh, in my hand, chucked it across the room. Stupid decision, right? Why? No idea. I, my mom comes to pick me up in the middle of the afternoon to take me home, and she goes, you're missing a tooth. What? No, I'm not. No, you are. What happened to it? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Did you not have your mouth with you all day? She's still proud of that one, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't know. What? what Rick, how your day? Nothing, nothing. And I said, oh, well, you know, we were watching a movie, and I felt something in my mouth, and I thought it was a rock, so I threw it. By far and away, still my mom's favorite story to tell about because, yeah, it was stupid, but it's like the same thing. Like, oh, my toilet, my my phone fell out into the toilet. No idea. No idea, bro. No idea what it was. I, I mean, there is a chance. There's a chance that's what it was, but we will never know for sure until we plunge the toilet 10 years later, 10 years later. And I thought those Nokia phones were indestructible. Or how about the fact that once upon a time, one of those big Nintendo Game Boy blocked uh, systems, the big old gray ones survived a bombing in the Middle East ones. Like, and it's still working stuff too. So make it out they used to. But uh, maybe, just maybe, you hear that splash? I'm not saying stick your hand in there, but but acknowledge you kind of have an idea of what's going on. Of course, you lose your phone, you flush it down the toilet. Pretty convenient excuse for skipping plans, though. To be honest, if you cut out on plans with someone, you actually might be doing them a favor, exactly what they want. You've already got plans this weekend, but picture, you're about to get a text message that says, oh man, sorry, I got to cancel, something came up. How do you feel? AJ Knight on VFX, hope you're having a good Tuesday morning. The correct answer is relieved, or the majority answer at least is, because 71% of people are actually relieved when their plans get canceled. And look, we all do the same thing, and we're all... Get mad at people who have FOMO. And we all get mad at people who are flaky. And I'm self-professed, self-professed flaky person. But everybody has the same reaction almost all, every time. Something game. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get dinner. Whatever. We're gonna go do a whole night. It's gonna be a ton of fun. Back of your head. Oh, it's gonna be a long night. Oh, I don't know that I can have this much conversation. Honestly, it's kind of awkward when we hang out because there's only so many things that I think. 
that I could talk about. And I just, it feels like at some point I'm going to figure out how to do the, oh, well, it better be getting home. Then it gets canceled. You go, oh, ooh, time to myself. Now, the trick is, do you do anything productive with that? Absolutely not. Because those plans get canceled, you're just like, oh, this is me time now. Time I didn't have booked in. I got I to gotta make sure that I get me a little, little <laughs> self-therapy there to take care of myself. But we all do it. So honestly, the next time you're on the fence, maybe just maybe cancel those plans because you actually may be making everybody happier. That's the problem, though, is it's the person who gets canceled on that I think has the, the sense of enjoyment. The one who cancels, you just feel terrible. Because even though we all feel this way, there's going to be events you don't want canceled. You don't want to be the flaky one. And, you know, nobody ever wants to be the one that lets someone else down. On top of that, would like to point out that more often than not, I am someone who is definitely in the camp of enjoying more often than not when plans are canceled. However, however, more often than not, I beat myself up to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go do this. Uh, I kind of just want to skip it. And then I go. And then it's still it's a good time. And I'm glad I went. But every time your brain's like, but what if we just sat around in our underwear and did nothing and that's what we did this weekend. Instead of going out and having these plans, like we said, we just rescheduled, came up with something. Oh, man, uh, homework came up. Oh, something from work. Oh, sorry, I overslept. Whatever it is, and your brain does it every time. And each time you go, brain, you know what? You are on to something. I like the way you think. <laughs> 71% of people look forward, forward to canceled plans. On the fence, cancel them. Pull the day as well. If you had plans right now for this weekend, you get a text and they're canceled. Are you feeling relieved or unhappy about it? Utah's VFX on our Twitter. Speaking of trying to determine between relieved and feeling very panicked, anyone else feel that way when you leave grocery store parking lot and then there's people there with a sign saying they need help? Maybe you feel a little skeptical, but at the end of the day, I think something deep down tugs on you and you feel a little bit awkward about not helping them friend of mine shared a really good story that we can get to, and then I've got to get someone on the phone who has the biggest heart ever and figure out how they determine if they help or not. Maybe later today, definitely maybe this weekend, you'll head out to the grocery store, and on your way out of the parking lot, maybe, just maybe, there'll be someone there standing with a sign that says they need help. How do you react in that situation? AJ Knight on VFX. Normally, i got to be honest, I go buy them. Because I'm, I'm skeptical, seen enough of those shows to think, okay, what are the odds that this person's playing me? But I would like to share a cool story. A friend of mine said that uh, they were out and about grocery shopping this weekend, actually. And someone came up and asked him if they could spare a couple bucks so they could go to a fast food restaurant and get a burger. And of course, nobody carries cash. That's what he said. I don't have cash. And they turned away and said, sorry to bother you. Really appreciate you taking the time. Then my friend did something they never do. Decided, hey, what, what do you want? Tell me what your order is. I'll go grab it. Said they just want a couple burgers, went and got them combo meals, milkshakes, the whole shebang, and gave it to them. And felt great about it. Look on their faces when he saw that the upgrade, basically what they asked for, said it was super worth it. Post about it on Facebook, everybody comment. Because how, how do you not? Like, oh, you're a great guy. I'm not going to turn around and be like, you idiot, you totally got duped. Because food is one thing. It's the cash thing that gets me. And so the thing is, how do you determine when to do it? Do you have a set rule? And... Here's the issue in my household. I am cynical. I am dating someone who has one of the biggest hearts that exists in the world who wants to save everyone. And it's one of the reasons I love her. My girlfriend Ashley got out of the phone. So Ashley, just very simply, how do you determine when you decide to help someone? 
So just like going with my gut, I definitely feel like I'm more inclined to help if it's like like a dad with kids or a mom with kids. I don't like to give money because I was scammed once with that. But if I see someone, I'll give them. I'll go into the store and buy like fruit snacks and Capri Suns and granola bars and um, like crackers and things like that and give it to them because I mean, usually the sign says anything will help. And I don't know, I've done that once before with the food and it made the kids really happy and it just made me feel really good. And everyone can use a little extra bit of kindness. <laughs> and Thank you, babe. And Court, she's not wrong. So this is this is where I guess I get stuck because do I feel bad? Yes. My thought process is that I will donate to the food bank, that I will donate to charities that I donate to, and they will get it to the people that help, as opposed to that indirect thing where it's hit or miss. Ashley's adopted the policy, unfortunately, because she got scammed once providing cash for her family. She then saw later driving a nicer car than hers, stopping at the gas station. No cash, but she'll do food. Honestly, at this point, I'm kind of surprised she doesn't just have a collection of snacks in the back of her car that at any given time she could toss out because you see them enough. And it's not to say that it's not a problem. It's just at the end of the day, I think more of my cynicism kicking in than anything. Because if I guess if the, I don't want to get scammed, but if you get scammed trying to do something good in that regard, you can't feel bad about yourself, right? That's their intentions in the heart. You had the right intentions. And so ultimately now I'm starting to feel bad because – that's what I have at home. My friend, first time ever, decided to do that. How did he decide to donate? Maybe he just thought of, can afford to do so, help out just a smidge, because at the end of the day, you still did what was the right thing. And now I'm a little bit embarrassed. And that is doubly so, because the last thing anyone needs to do is to have their mom call into work. And that happened. And that story, of course, is coming up in about 10 minutes because if there's one thing that parents love to do when their kids grow up, it is embarrass the heck out of them. Never, never give your family your work contact, like in the building itself. They should never have that information because they will use it for dastardly, dastardly deeds. AJ9 on VFX. Okay, so once upon a time, and credit to mom for this because it's very nice of her to get call a gift and she did except it was a piano player like bat to- mat that went around your toilet because like who doesn't want to like stumble into the bathroom in the middle of the night half asleep and then hear and then fall into your own bathtub and crack your pelvis so it's kind of a gag gift whatever mom got her a gift mom never asked. mom asked oh did you hear i'm like i don't i'm not even called bathroom i don't know i don't know always asking i'm like like she got it she thought it was great mom called the workplace Left a message up front after someone was like, oh, that's a weird request. You want to talk to AJ about bat? What? No, it didn't make any sense. Of course, the same person. Mom left a message, a work message, which now, of course, up front has been played for everybody. And now mom has just put. Why, mom? Why? She's not the only one. She on blast right now, but she's not the only one. We'll get to dad in a second. First, though, Aiden on the phone because he's nice enough to commiserate with me. Aiden. How did your parent, mom, dad, embarrass you at work? My mom actually called my boss Broke and seven. asked her to reconsider approving my request for time off for a family trip. It worked, <laughs> oh, got man. the approval, but now I feel like a big mama's boy at the office. Whoa. Okay, Aiden, can I level with you? I feel for you, bro. 
phone calls, right? Mom, mom called. It's the worst. My mom has offered to do that so many times. She has offered to email, to talk, and try and convey like this family event is really important, and maybe maybe I just don't want to be there. So I terrified that's going to get out, and mom's going to be like, that is a great idea. I can give you another one. I snuck my dad into an event we were having as a station, and I brought him along, and I said, here's the rule. You're not actually my dad here because I snuck you in, so all you have to do is not pretend like you can know me whatever. We're not related. We go to the, the people that are managing it, like right at the beginning, right at the beginning, and he puts his arm around my shoulder, and he goes... Can you see the resemblance? And the person's like, what? He goes, oh, it's my son. I'm like, I just told you. And of course, I can't make a scene because it's going to make it even worse. But I, we just sat down. We had the family huddle. And I said, all right, here's like the one and only rule. And within 30 seconds, out the window. Out the window. A work event. Dad, what are you doing? <sighs> Brittany's on the phone. Brittany, mom, dad, how do they embarrass you at work? So I worked at Old Navy when I was in college, and I had a pretty big crush on my manager. And my mom, she wanted to, like, come in and check him out. So instead of just, like, playing it cool, she, like, makes up this huge elaborate story to talk to the manager and pretends that she has no idea who I am. And I'm, like, fairly certain that my manager has met her in the past. (laughs) It was really embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that dads are not going to do that, but can we acknowledge like moms are like, oh, I don't, I'll, I'll play it settle. It's cool. Like I'm just going to crane my neck. Oh, what's going on over there? Never. You don't exist as a, as a workforce employee to your family. For all they, all you know, you just disappear at times and come back with sacks of cash. Let's just leave it at that. No contact information. No way to get a hold of the workplace whatsoever because it is a huge mistake. Now I wish, I wish. I could put mom on blast a little bit further, but unfortunately, it's dad's time because one of the new trends, right, is to do those DNA kits, the ancestry thing. And to tell you, let you in on somewhat family secret, my dad's adopted. He never knew his dad. So this seems like a no-brainer gift. For like three Christmases in a row, it has been a huge crash and burn. (sighs) Can't wait to tell you why. And just finally set the record straight when it comes to the government tracking us. That's in like 10 minutes with the Goals Gym Debate at 8 on VFX. If you've watched TV or something on YouTube or just generally been anywhere with a screen, at some point you've probably seen some advertisement for one of the websites, Ancestry, the DNA Kits, any of those. AJ Knight on VFX, the Gold's Gym Debate at 8. And it's hard not to look at those and be like, oh, man, that is so cool because there's the you can find out what your nationalities are. And, of course, you can track down your long-lost ancestors and possibly find out about a family. I mean, there's a bevy of ways you can go with it, and all of them seem super cool. And there's no way it's not a no-brainer because you feel connected, right? You feel more personalized, more unique when you know the details and then can kind of... uh, I don't. I don't want to say like because you would you would take advantage of, it, but like to associate with the cultures that maybe are a part of your chemical makeup. Am I wrong? Like everybody, everybody has that some kind of appeal on there. Josie on the phone, right? You would do that. Yeah, honestly, why not? I mean, I'd be curious to see what the results would be. Right. You know, especially since I don't really know what I mix with, and uh, there's a whole side of that family that I don't know either. See, and that's the other part of it. I'm glad you said it. So my dad, family secret, is adopted. So knows 
what the last name is, and that's about it, and know very little about that side of the family. So as this is caught on more and more, my brother and I are like, slam dunk. This is a no-brainer Christmas gift. Ancestry, the DNA thing, this is the no-brainer to get him that, to have him take whatever test, to track it all down, and see if there's some kind of answers along the way, to give him some kind of feedbacks, closure, whatever you want to call it with his family. Dad said no. Dad said absolutely not. Dad said no, 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 no. I just, uh, that's spit in a cup thing. I, uh, no, I don't want to do that. What? Why? And he wouldn't come out and say it, but we all know what he's thinking. And I'm like, huh? Dad, come on. Really? Xavier's on the phone. Xavier, you got opinion on these DNA tests? Do it. Yes, no. I definitely don't get giving over my DNA. This is saying if you're paying for something, you're the product. They'd probably sell my information for something. I don't trust it. I would most likely pass, even though I am kind of interested. <laughs> okay. So I, the paying for something, that's really an interesting saying. Uh, I, I guess they'd say you're for me. Okay. That's, so my dad was along the same lines. Can, can we be clear here? You do blood tests. You log in, a bunch of people have face lock now. You go everywhere, there's cameras, ATM machines, traffic cams. Like, you are, you are tracked. You are where you are, and people know where you are all of the time. Your phone has GPS on it. They use that to track when the busiest hours of restaurants are. Have you ever seen that? It's because they use people's GPS to see when people show up to those restaurants. You are tracked. That being said, this is the kicker for me with my dad. So he, whatever, you, Xavier, same thing. You don't want to do it. That's fine. We can't force you to do it. But then he said, but if one of you two wants to do it and kind of track it down from there and let me know what happens, like, okay. So he can't risk giving up his DNA because who knows what will happen. Sell his information like Xavier said, track him, whatever it is. But his sons, well, that's just all right. That's fine. <sighs> Needless to say, we've tried this for three straight years. It hasn't worked. I don't think 2022 will be any different. And at this point, I kind of don't want to give the satisfaction of doing it myself and having the answers. And I don't feel spiteful enough to do it and then hold out on those answers because then I would feel really, really, really guilty. Speaking of being frustrated with family, one family member notorious for one thing. Actually, I guess you could group it together as just being absolutely terrible at giving advice, but we need to nitpick here because there's one thing you should never say when you're trying to comfort or give someone advice. You can say, I don't know. You can say, I don't know what to say, but you can't say, I don't know what to tell you. AJ Knight on VFX for the Goals Gym debate date. So very obviously in, in a situation where someone is dealing with a problem, they either want solutions or they want a vent. And that's a tricky way to navigate. Got to sort that out. But in either situation, do not say, I don't know what to tell you. I have a family member who uses that not only, I think, as a just like a, I don't know, but also it's just kind of, it's their space filler. Besides cliches, that's their space filler. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And then they ponder, ponder, and then they actually might have something to tell me. But the reason why, and I want to be very clear to nitpick, admitting you don't know is fine. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not sure. That's great. I don't know what to say to me conveys shock and you're just like, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like you got a problem. I, I'm at a loss. I don't know what to tell you conveys almost, it's not smugness, but a, a little bit, a little bit of uncaring. 
And I know I'm projecting a little bit here, but I'm, when you hear like you say, okay, so I've got this problem at home and it's just not going well and I've tried to do this and I've tried to do this and blah, 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 blah. And then you hear, I don't know what to tell you. It's just like I've given up on the problem. Like, could you just shut up? Like, could you, I mean, that I really don't, I don't know. And so I don't want to talk about it anymore is what it comes across. And I feel like it's one of the most annoying things that is said. And it's been beaten into my head because I have a family member who's notorious time and time again for saying it over and over again. And and you just want to snap, be like, then don't say anything. If you don't know what to tell me, just don't say anything then. Just, I'm at a loss. I, I've got nothing for you. Then at least it doesn't feel like you're just blowing it off. And it also doesn't feel like you're just filling space to fill space. The question is, I get, I maintain this is like on top of the list, number one most annoying things. What are the things in advice or um, comfort or whatever, either of those situations where you're seeking out counsel that you hate to hear? Because the other one I hear, I hate to hear, and I get it when you're younger, you got a lot of experience to do, but I always hated the phrase, well, that's how the real world works. I hate that phrase so much. Because it's it, it, yes, there are things that you're not responsible for as you grow up, right? And then you're weaned off, and you go out on your own. You're a little turtle floating out of the ocean. But it's not like you're not going through reality the entire time. Yeah, I'm sure there were things when I was in college I didn't understand about being an adult who paid taxes or whatever because there were certain things my parents took care of. But people would come in, and I'd have conversations with customers like, oh, well, wait till you get to the real world. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm a college student who's going full time. I've got to work two jobs to pay for it. And even still, I got to borrow money while maintaining a relationship, seeing my family who doesn't understand that I'm busy while I want to have a social life and be successful at all those things. Yeah, you're right. I have no clue what's happening in the real world. Like that, that one, too. They're the worst. Post is on our Facebook page. Been along in frustration with me. Utah's VFX. What are the worst phrases to hear? When you're looking for advice or counsel or comfort, they just zero to a hundred, zero to a hundred. I don't know what to tell you is the phrase that this week has set me off. I just want to ride the helicopter is the phrase that makes me giggle uncontrollably and producer butters is a gem. I just want to ride on the helicopter. Me too. Producer butters. Me too. AJ Knight on VFX. So one of our coworkers went on vacation and went skiing. And not something still to this day. Talking about the beauty of Utah earlier, still not something I've tried, and I need to. Well, it turns out said coworker didn't just go skiing. They went hella skiing, which basically there's a bunch of cool mountains, and I, I'm sure you can hike to the top of them. I don't know. Do I look wealthy? And the helicopter takes you, and you go to the top, and you ski all the way down. The helicopter meets you again. And so basically you have a personal helicopter for a day, and you get to ski all these cool places that are admittedly tough to ski. That's why you got to use a helicopter to get up there. One of the reasons. Upon listening to the story and hearing about how beautiful the mountains are and how just nuts it is because obviously these are more untouched areas, <laughs> after hearing the story is, I think it'd be cool to ride the helicopter. <laughs> And, and he's not wrong. I mean, he is 100% not wrong. It would be cool to ride the helicopter. I mean, frankly, at this point with the type of event that is, I just see everybody else riding the helicopter up to the mountain. They get out and they ski. Producer Butter's got a charcuterie board over here. He's like, you know, next one. And he's got the cheese, which is the first thing I search out in a party. Cheese and crackers. That's what I'm looking for. If you got good cheese, you're going to keep me around for a while. <laughs> it, just, it just cracked me up. 
and have a coworker tell this story, right? Beauty of the mountains and how much how nuts it was to ski because you got to be good because they're not easy paths. <laughs> Helicopter sounds fun, <laughs> and that is why Producer Butters is an absolute national treasure and a gem, and also not incorrect. There's something else to nominee number one I did not notice. There's a curb behind them, and then somebody's like, "Well, nice, nice going, AJ, idiot." <laughs> night on VFX. I just didn't know because I focus on the parking, right? The incorrect park for park notes. Nominee number one, no one to see, no one to tattle. Looks like they're at a store, maybe on a Sunday, maybe in the wee hours right before everything opens, and they're parked halfway through the stripy rectangle and halfway into the special needs spot. And again, all of our nominees that are parked in special needs spot have been supposed to be checked and should not have passes, so they're parked there illegally or incorrectly, whichever it is. But behind that is a curb for that vehicle, and its butt in is facing the curb, which means not only did they park in both of these spots, they backed in to both of these spots. Again, special needs spot, stripy rectangle, and no one's around, but bro, bro. I think there's a reason nominee number one took an early lead. Nominee number two, sir, can I talk to you about your spot? Someone is parked in their spot and right next to it's a little stripy rectangle because it's right next to a building. And this SUV decided to just drive right through the stripy rectangle to look like they're running up to this white SUV that is parked correctly and go, Psst. hey, you mind if we share? Can you just scooch over? And they're just all sorts of in the way. And what's worse is this parking lot doesn't look like it's very busy. It looks like there's plenty of space. But I'm going to guess this one was justified with, well, like, I'll only be like a second. So it's totally fine. But nominee number one, backing into two wrong spots? Now, no, no, no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's how you should vote. You should look for yourself on our Instagram or Facebook, Utah's VFX, and vote. It's just something I didn't notice the first time. And, of course, if you see terrible parking, take a picture. Send it to either Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram, Utah's VFX for our social media. VFX's Facebook roulette. What is on your Facebook feed that just needs to be on the VFX Facebook feed? Whether it's funny, whether it's inspirational. Like, let's make Facebook not all about political yelling at each other and just other annoying things. The memes and the fun, right? AJ Knight, friends with me on Facebook, then you could play along. I landed my friend Brittany, and this just felt like the thing I think a lot of people needed today. No person is 100% healed because healing isn't linear. We go backwards and forwards, and sometimes we're all over the place, but that's the process. Please don't think you need to be 100% healed to deserve love and good things in life because you absolutely do. Stick up, look up for numero uno. I, I, it's always funny. When I talked about it early on about how early on in life, sorry, early on in life about how selfish is is it can be a bad word, but much like everything in the right amount of doses, everything can be bad. But you gotta be selfish because the one that is meaningful to me is you can't provide peace for others if you can't provide peace for yourself. And you can do love, prosperity, whatever it is, it's all the same. You have to figure out how to do it for yourself because you're not gonna find it other places. So uh, the agent ad across all social media. That's going on VFX's Facebook page where you can vote for Parknarks. Uh, I believe nominee number one out to an early lead, but it's still early. And speaking of our social media, of course, we will get to the after show coming up in about 45-ish minutes, 40-ish minutes. Uh, Producer Butters in. I believe Ajay's jumping in as we were going <laughs> to talk about <laughs> Producer Butters' comments about wanting to ride in a helicopter and maybe just try and sound rich. 
I don't think it's going to go well, but we're going to try. Other than that, uh, you can stream us online, utahsvfx.com, and of course, find the podcast anywhere podcasts are from anything you missed from the show. So until tomorrow, the VFX Morning Show, don't do anything that I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.